0: Spark the conversation. Welcome to the Spark the Conversation podcast in partnership with Gondrepreneur.com. As a part of the Emerald Cup series, uh, we are interviewing today uh, Michael Katz aka Mr. Hollywood. I love Michael. From the minute I met him, he's just a connector, a go-getter, and an awesome human being. Also the owner of Evokes Vape Pens, um, a partner in the Emerald Exchange uh, farmer's market that happens in Malibu that is one of the best events that I have uh, attended in the cannabis industry. Very intimate, bringing Mendocino County to Malibu. Really great Um, awesome human being. Uh, To give you a little bit of his background, he has 15 years um, experience in the entertainment industry. He's produced content for some of the biggest brands in the world, including Apple, NFL, Hewlett Packard, Tylenol. Um, For three and a half years, he ran the design, motion graphics, and VFX departments at Ant Farm, one of the largest and most awarded entertainment marketing agencies in Los Angeles, um, producing brand content for Activision titles, including Call of Duty and theatrical trailer campaigns for all of the major motion picture studios. And then in 2014, he founded Raise the Bottom Line, a nonprofit organization advocating for federal job guarantee program. And Katz is a member of the Producers Guild of America and ASPCA. Oh, wait. (laughs) As cap, sorry. <laughs> Michael, you should become uh, a member of ASBZA too though. Um, but you know, he's just awesome. I, um, everything Michael says and does is filled with joy and love. And again, as an entrepreneur in, in this, you know, new um, cannabis industry, uh, he's got a lot of, of, Information and knowledge that he's learned and acquired over the years of building his own brand, Evokes, and we talked to him a lot about that today, and it's a really interesting conversation. What's up? We are here with Michael Katz, live from the Emerald Cup, the owner and founder of Evoke's vape pens, choose the mood. What's up, Michael? Hey, Bianca,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Michael, AKA Mr. Hollywood.
1: I I will appreciate if you don't keep calling me
0: that, I know. But coming from somebody who like is super Hollywood, that's was super compliment. All
1: right, well, I well, mean, I, I appreciate if it's a compliment is the intention. That means a lot.
0: You know, Hollywood is a place that people shake and get shit done. So it from my perspective is it definitely is a compliment. I mean, you are a go getter. From the first minute I talked to you on the phone, I was like, I just need to know this person. Oh well, and, thanks. And you know, I mean. You, uh, Obviously, you have a great product, a kind heart, and you're a networker, and I think that those are all great components to um, success in the cannabis industry.
1: Well, I, you know, I've been fortunate. You know, I do come from a background of Hollywood work, uh, which, you know.
0: Oh, now the truth comes well, out. Okay. You know, I've I've
1: been I've lived there for a long time. I was in advertising entertainment, but you know, I left intentionally Hollywood. Uh, because a lot of the, the way that business is done there and the approaches that are taken to communications and the kind of products that are, you know, handed to the population, uh, I just never really agreed with. And yeah. so I was fortunate enough to go through all that and learn a lot of the techniques that are used. Um, and so now I feel really fortunate in the cannabis space that I'm able to use that for good and to be able to help other members of the community that maybe don't have as much experience in that arena be able to kind of see certain steps they can take to make themselves more uh, communications friendly you know as things progress.
0: I agree. I used to say uh, you know coming from the fashion world I would see people getting so upset about dresses not arriving in time for you know Oscar events and just the most strange things that you could actually get upset about and I would say, you, you know, I'm in I'm in a field where people are act as if they're curing cancer. Mm-hmm. And now, ironically, I'm in a field yeah. where people are curing cancer.
1: Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> I mean, you know, when you spend a lot of time, like you said, like, cr- there's so much self-importance given to a lot of these industries uh, internally where, you know, they feel like they are, this uh, group that is super influential, and they take all this self-importance on, but ultimately, you know, that's a lot of that is the inflation of the value of media, and just you know, this this cultural uh, situation where we've really taken a lot of substance and things that matter, and you know, activism out of the just traditional commercial process, you know, and that absence is something that when you get into a space like cannabis you really see because it's so present here and to be able to not just, you know, create products that are actually bringing relief and positive change into people's lives but be able to speak for an industry as a whole that can really take this plan and take it and use it in so many amazing ways, you know, there there's so much uh, I feel so fortunate and think so many of us feel so fortunate to be able to use what we've learned in the world and now take it to really advance the cannabis community and the cause that we all so strongly believe in.
0: What got you into the plant?
1: Well I've, uh, you know, I started uh, being a cannabis consumer when I was in college. Uh, I was actually very anti-cannabis as a high school student and not... Uh, you know, for any reason then I just was told that, you know, drugs were bad and, you know, and I still to this point, you know, I do believe that age appropriateness is something that's very important to talk about because While brains are developing, it's not necessarily a great idea to give those brains access to substances when they still haven't figured out how to operate in the world yet and make their own intelligent, you know, unbiased decisions. So, you know, in terms of keeping cannabis out of the hands of children, like I still very strongly agree with that.
0: Unless they have seizures, right? Of course, absolutely. In
1: terms of that, but as a like, you know, when kids run around and go. Drink, you know, when they're 14 or like they go get drunk. I mean, granted, I would way prefer that they're going to use cannabis to alcohol because we all know how terrible alcohol is for the body. But at the same time, you know, educating kids. And I see kids in cannabis families, like kids who come from the community, they don't care about cannabis. Most of them don't even ingest it. They see it as just part of their family's livelihood and their culture. And a lot of them have been taught, you know, this is medicine. And so, you know, and they ask their friends, like I know kids who said, you know, say to their friends, well, why would you smoke pot? You're not sick. You know, and that's the kind of education that I think that we need to provide for children in general And that when you say that there's no medical value for cannabis as, uh, you know, our potential uh, U.S. Attorney General has been known to say, uh, you know, you that message is so counter, uh, is not going to be effective in creating the kinds of change that we want to see on a societal level you know we've seen for decades that that approach does not work and it sends people into the hands of you know worse substances and you know down dangerous roads and uh you know we want to as an industry you know we have the solution to all of that and you know we just want to be put in a position where we can really do what's best for our community as we grow and our the people who are going to want to come into our community as it becomes more acceptable for them
0: so after college when you were a consumer then what led you to actually get into the industry
1: well so uh, interestingly enough uh, evoke started as a family business uh, in the sense that uh, my family is all—they all live in Southern Florida. We all, you know, came from New Jersey, Staten Island, uh, then made the migration. Jersey Shore. Yeah, what? yeah, no, that's uh, that was me. I was on that show. You don't recognize me because I lost some of the muscles, but uh, uh, that was me. Awesome. Uh, no, that was not me. Uh, I was already living in California when that happened, okay. and, and I was. My glad. mom's
0: from the Jersey Shore.
1: Well, I mean, it was a different thing when I was a kid. You yeah. know, it was like yeah. you know. And it wasn't quite Boardwalk Empire, but it was. <laughs> it was like you know, there was this idyllic, like we're going to the shore, you know, Jersey. Sure. I mean, I grew up in a very rural area. Like I didn't all the shit that people talk about New Jersey just <laughs> never resonated with me. Mm. Uh, but you know, when you go out in the world, it makes you strong. When people are just talking shit about your state all the time, because <laughs> oh, New time. Jersey, oh, I'm from New Jersey, oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that's great.
0: I have a grandfather named Guido. Okay so it's not just a location that I get you know it's like a it's like a slang for oh yeah type of person no I know
1: I mean I you know I grew up in you know in Jersey in like the 80s and the early 90s so like you know yeah. I, they're, they're all I could you know identify all of these subcultural groups that were very unique to the you know the huge hair and the big bangs and yeah. the stonewashed <laughs> denim and that's no, great. we were a cultural uh, mecca for a certain certain group of people.
0: So you migrated down to Florida. Florida. They
1: they migrated to Florida as I migrated west to California, and uh, both of my cousins are in the home health care business down there. And so after a family dinner uh, a couple of years ago, my cousin's husband, who's a registered nurse, said, "You know, I, th- I want to get into the medical cannabis business. That's gonna I'm gonna I think we should get into the medical cannabis business next as our thing that we do." And uh, my, I guess they had a little chat about it as a family. And then my mom called me and she said, your cousin Jesus thinks we should go into the medical marijuana business. And I said, oh, he's absolutely right. Yeah, we totally should do that. And she said... Well, you know, I think uh, I think that might be something I might be interested in, and I I was you know shocked obviously because <laughs> I can imagine uh, my mother has never ingested cannabis. I mean, even to this day with this company, she has like she is not a cannabis user, and she obviously wow. lives in Florida. Uh, but you know, I was like, well, are you sure that this is something that you think you'd want to pursue? And she said, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I think so. I'm like, well, if you're sure, and I'll ask you again, uh, <laughs> if you're sure, then I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I'm gonna hang up the phone, I'm gonna call the rest of the family, and we are going to start a business with the focus of getting into cannabis. Wow. And she said, okay. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna do it right now. So last chance to change your mind. And she's like, no, okay, uh, go for it. So I hung up and I called. My, both of my cousins and I called my her sister uh, and that weekend we had a conference call and uh, we decided that we would start a dis- company and wow. do discovery into the space initially the Uh, this was 2014 so there was the ballot was coming up in Florida that would have potentially made it medicinally legal beyond just the CBD that they had sure Um, and so the idea originally was going to be we would set up a dispensary there because we already had the family in the home healthcare business working with all of the seniors in the community working actively with Alzheimer's groups and Parkinson's groups and you know get my cousin. one of my cousins was given an award from like an Alzheimer's Foundation and other of them does a walk and was on the local TV station so very active in the community Um, and when it when it didn't pass uh, we had gotten so excited about what the opportunities were that we said we wanted to keep going so uh, I was living in California for a very long time obviously and so it became clear that that would be the best arena to focus the business on Um, and at that time doing our discovery, uh, we met, um, some people who were looking to sell a vaporizer company. And we, in that process, we kind of saw the business model. We understood like how the market was. I did, we did some research and you know, what we realized was that there was a ton of products in this space, but none of them had really innovated in any real way that we could see. And so, and in addition to that, not many of them were not communicating with Consumers in the way that people are used to being communicated with so mm-hmm. we saw this really big gap in a very crowded market uh, And decided that that would be the kind of best way to focus our energies and so we so
0: marketing and educating
1: well marketing and educating and communicating mm-hmm. um, you know basically there's, you know, we've now learned all of these things about all like what the plant can do and, you know, terpenes in combination with cannabinoids and all things that if you're in the cannabis space, you now take as this is the truth. We understand how this plant works anecdotally uh, in combination with studies that come out all the time more and more. And in that, uh, in that context, we can, you know, we can really lead the charge to creating more purpose-driven products, which is what has been very lacking from the cannabis space, both purpose-driven products and both products and brands that go beyond cannabis and invite people from outside of the cannabis space into it. Because there are so many people that still have all these stigmas and these misconceptions and it's really up to us to make those misconceptions go away. And the only way to do that is to, you know, come out of the current cultural like visualization process and reach out to them in a way that's gonna be comfortable for them and give them a safe access point because without that safe access point, they're gonna still, you know, be thinking of like these dirty stoners, you know, and I and I think that's a terrible and scary
0: drug dealers giving them their medicine. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean,
1: and so that whole uh, paradigm we can change and have been changing, and so you know the the freedom to do that, and in a great in a place like California, and in a place in in you know with all of these shifts that have been happening in the other states throughout the nation, like you know every time it feels safer for somebody to come out and either become a patient. Or create a product mm-hmm. or you know people who have been using this for years who have all of this you know knowledge built up and so we can in, in a space where you're free to experiment with that knowledge and take it to market and provide value like that's that's an incredible opportunity for all of us for all of the future patients and consumers and for society as a whole And so you know all we can do is continue fighting tooth and nail every day because you know regardless of the gains that we've made there are a lot of things happening on the federal level that stand to potentially you know derail a lot of the progresses that you know we've been fighting for and you know our victories that have happened slowly over time so you know. I think that it's gonna be a, a really arduous journey to, to get to a place where you know we are able to treat this like a real real business yeah you know
0: what have some of your challenges been and since you decided you wanted to get into the space?
1: Uh, every single aspect <laughs> of creating a physical product was yeah. totally new to me coming from advertising and entertainment, I make videos, I've made videos, you know, and that you can call them whatever: commercials, music videos, feature films, marketing content, brand activation pieces, whatever it's videos, yeah. you know? And so when you deliver a video, That's what you deliver. It's done. It's always the same thing. It's final. It's like, and you know, it'll go out in various channels and different people will see it in different ways and maybe it'll be well received or maybe it'll just be, you know, fluff or whatever it is. Um, When you make a physical product that people are ingesting, the level of, personally, the level of responsibility that you have increases exponentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that responsibility comes the need to, you know, fine tune so many parts, so many moving parts to get that product into someone's hand and have them have a positive experience every time. And, you know, that's especially for startups with limited resources, like, you know, family business, like pulling together the cousins and the aunts and uncles. (laughs) It's like, you know, we were able to take our strengths, which in my case were branding and communications and this incredible idea that we developed. um, But with that, every bit of from, you know, finding the right hardware producer, finding the right oil partner, you know, because we were not, we're not cultivators. We don't have any background in the cannabis space. so. You know, sourcing individual non cannabis components is one thing. That's just, you know, you make phone calls, you have meetings, you do testing. You, do that, you can do that with basically anything. Mm. But when you want to get the best product at a price that then enables you to have a sustainable business, you have a lot of work to do mm. because you're going, you know, cannabis I think of as like this circle. And when you come in from nowhere, you're at the very, very end. And at the edge of the circle, there's no accountability. Everybody's selling you something different. You don't know who to trust. You don't know what's real. And you tend to believe people, you know, because if you're used to working in different businesses, you have different experiences. You're like, oh, somebody says this, it means this. And somebody says that, it means that. And generally, if you're just starting off and you haven't met the right people who are doing this for the right reasons, they're gonna give you the runaround because they know that they can. Yeah. Uh, and that happened to us a lot at the beginning. Um, but as if you're doing this for the right reasons, and if you're expressing yourself correctly, and you're, you know, you care about what you're doing, and you're the activist that this industry requires you to be, if you're going to do it right for the right reasons, then there is so much love and open arms, and support, and collaborative spirit. That's unlike anything I've seen as a professional in you know 16 years working in Hollywood. Yeah. and so that collaborative spirit and the cannabis community that's a very real thing that's very different from the cannabis industry um, and you know are and to see that Beyond and this, the cannabis
0: culture. But I feel like the the three of them are kind of really melding all into one well, right? They, the consumer, well, the entrepreneur,
1: well, they're good the advocate there. So yes, there is, there is this, uh, right now it's almost like, uh, you know, like those toothpastes where there's like two barrels and like you push it in and then they come into one stream yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. so there's these three streams and that's happening. And then the question is going to be like, how, how, uh, how much egalitarianism is going to happen between those three groups? You know, I think that what does
0: egalitarian like the
1: like egal like like equality? You know, like I've
0: definitely heard of it. I just yeah. I mean, in
1: the sense of you know, is there going to be equal parts industry, community, culture? Industry is very powerful, and industry historically in our country and in the world has had the power to destroy community and culture and it's done so efficiently and effectively and at great personal profit to them. So, you know, that is what industry comes from. And so the industry that's entering now in the space is, uh, you know, there are people who are genuinely interested in it and I'm sure that there are just as many people who are, you know, circling the pond, waiting for the, you know, waiting for the real floodgates to open and then getting ready to employ all the tactics that we as progressives uh, in our lives outside of cannabis have been fighting against for decades regardless. So, you know, and I think that there's a lot of that spirit in the cannabis industry. Generally, there's a lot of humanism in the cannabis industry, you know, and that I've seen. And, you know, I, I think that those morals and those ethics are the things that we want to you know, expand on and use to help build the foundation. And, you know, it's in the same way that every, you know, starting a new company is an everyday struggle fighting this battle of the culture of our industry and making sure that we all work together to you know direct it in the right ways because if we don't and we don't maintain that consistent voice like standing up for the community it's just going to get railroaded
0: well i love your perspective and it's so spiritual and i i you know believe that the plant is the catalyst to consciousness and the more people who have access to it the better you know to whatever capacity cbd is changing people's lives oh, yeah. heavy thc is helping people that are in chronic pain and um, you know, serious illnesses and seizures, and then there's a wellness component that I definitely believe goes into a preventative action that the plant enables. You know, oh, people to yeah. have. No. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I like I, you know, and. I think that what we really, the, the exciting thing for us and one of the, the, the things that we speak to in like just our initial product line is that, you know, that's only beginning like, you know, we blend essential oils with cannabis. And so what that does is it just creates a more purpose driven experience. It's like, that's one thing and it's only the first thing. Mm. But what we're going to have the ability to do if we keep fighting for the rights to do it is continue to find out what else can we take cannabinoids and these terpenes and these compounds and other compounds that we've already developed. Maybe some of them are you know, uh, natural, maybe some of them are pharmaceutical. But I mean, I just imagine this world where THC and CBD become you know, regular parts of our health and wellness on a societal scale and the other cannabinoids as we were able to express them and experiment with them I mean, I just imagine treatments for, you know, for cancer that if you could combine the restorative powers of cannabis with some of the targeted effective pharmacological Mm. solutions, like imagine being able to reduce harm, but increase efficiency of targeting these cancer cells.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing. Some of the research and, and science and technology that people are looking into coming out with. That's why I'm so encouraged um, by the fact that, you know, we are legal in California and some of the proponents will start really focusing on federal change because it's a super important thing because that's where we really get to do the research. You know, we're doing it in other countries right now, but because it's a schedule one narcotic, we got no shot at having any research even have any, you know value yeah so. I mean the
1: problem I mean the, the the great thing about the cannabis industry is that we know like all of that research is happening even if it's not a being approved federally yeah like and it's but, not,
0: but there's, you know, how it's it's hearsay. Well, <laughs> until I know, it but... becomes, unfortunately, until it becomes legal,
1: right? But the but the thing though is that by having that foundation that's so much larger than just traditional anecdotal, it's not like you know if uh, you have chicken soup, you're mm. gonna get better from a cold. It's yeah. like we have people in multiple states, you know, creating products that they're creating in their in their you know facilities that are far. Pharmac- pharmaceutical grade extractions that are going to be able to be tested and utilized as soon as the, you know, the infrastructure becomes available. And, you know, we know people who are taking all kinds of uh, you know, risks for and their freedom to be able to do these experiments. Yeah. And it's important that we provide them the support to be able to, to really get out of the closet and, the, and the, the garage and really, you know, come into the light and take that value and help provi- provide it to society.
0: Well, your contribution with Evokes is a huge step in the right direction oh, in being thanks. a part of such, the, uh, you know, an awesome new industry that exists. And your business model is awesome. Your product is awesome. Oh, I'm such a huge fan. Uh, I guess you know we can change you from Mr. Hollywood to maybe Mr. Hollyweed. Maybe that would be a better title for you at this point. So tell our listeners um, where we can find you.
1: Okay, great. Well, we're in dispensaries throughout the state from Sacramento down to San Diego. Uh, Check us out on our website at evokeslabs.com. That's E-V-O-X-E, labs.com. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook,
0: yeah, you guys are really the interwebs. active. interwebs,
1: we have, uh, there's some fun videos out there.
0: Awesome, anything you would tell um, our listeners that are entrepreneurs out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, the there's only one way to do what you want to do in this world, and that is to do it. Uh, and nobody is able to do anything completely on their own, and what is really evident in the cannabis industry to me is that finding the right partners to build uh, a broader foundation that allows multiple groups to succeed and thrive at the same time. That collaborative spirit is, you know, everyone talks about entrepreneurs, but it's they rarely talk about the network that supports the entrepreneur without which the entrepreneur would not be able to get anything done and it's that community that builds a much larger ecosystem and that's the kind of thing that can support, you know, tons and tons of people to really create value for themselves and for society.
0: Awesome, well thanks so much for being here. Thanks for uh, having live me. at the Emerald Cup, if you can hear some background noise it's from some sound checks going on in the Grace Pavilion um, and I'm, I'm really stoked to have had this time with you. Thanks, Bianca. Awesome. Spark the Conversation is really excited to do this partnership with Gondrepreneur.com, creating these podcasts. Um, It's a resource for cannabis professionals, advocates, patients, business owners, um, anyone really who's in favor of responsible growth. So visit Gondrepreneur.com for daily cannabis news, uh, career openings, company profiles, and of course, you know, more episodes of this podcast. Um, we're thankful to them and the partnership that we have with them. And we appreciate the fact that they spark the conversation and help entrepreneurs grow.
1: All I want you to do is spark the conversation.